scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. It is good to be with you. Uh, it has been a while since I've been back in your sanctuary. Uh, I have uh, lived in Hannibal for about 11 years. I, I currently serve as director of advancement for an organization known as Baptist Home. Uh, we have four campuses in the state of Missouri that we care for the elderly. And it's an exciting time in the life of our ministry because uh, our ministry seems to be uh, expanding. Uh, but it is good to be with you and to share in this day. From the Gospel of Matthew, beginning with verse 1 of chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all, the, all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. And then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. And after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we ask that uh, your word would be open, brand new to us today. It is very easy for us to think that we have heard stories that have been told for many, many years and think that we have heard all there is, but today we ask that your truth would step forward and speak to us, each person, as the family of faith and as the church worldwide. Thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ, and we ask these things in his name. Amen. Maybe you are one who will celebrate this season for as long as you can, or as long as your family will allow. For others, today is moving day. Another Christmas is already in the rearview mirror, and it's time to move on. But in matters of the Christian faith, the season actually is just beginning. 
Now, we used Advent, those four weeks leading up to Christmas, in preparation for a fresh and meaningful celebration of Jesus' birth. But yesterday, as we celebrated his actual birth, we began a new, a new season of faith living uh, that we call the 12 days of Christmas. The 12 days of Christmas in the Christian calendar are those days that began December 25th and go to January the 6th, which we know as Epiphany. And that word Epiphany means revealing. It's a day celebrated from God revealing himself in human form in Jesus. Epiphany is associated with two biblical events, either the baptism of Jesus or the visit of the Magi, and today we focus on that visit of the Magi. And we probably best remember for the sake that the gifts they brought to Jesus. Quick quiz, how many wise men were there? Three? Actually, Scripture says there were wise men. We, th we seem to think that there were only three because there's three gifts. But ladies, help confirm me here. What's the chance a guy showed up and said, I was supposed to bring a gift? There could have been more. The thing about it is, is that they did bring more than those gifts. They bring a way of modeling for us an effort, an effort worth emulating as we head into a new year, 2022. Like the Magi, we can give gifts to the Lord that reflect our love and our commitment to him. Gifts that when given to God can have an effect for us personally, as well as for our family of faith and for anyone else who needs to hear of the good news of Jesus Christ. What gifts we give Jesus, what gifts should we give Jesus to make 2022 a more prosperous and meaningful year? And what gifts can we commit to give him that will deepen our discipleship to him? Let's begin by giving God our time. The wise men did. It is believed and estimated that the Magi traveled more than a year, maybe even a couple of years, uh, to find and discover Jesus. They made a personal investment in their quest to find the Messiah by leaving the comforts of home and family and go on a quest they didn't know where it was taking them. Their search took planning, persistence, patience, and in the same way, our time is a worthy investment in our relationship with the Lord. I mean, is there anything more valuable in American life than our time? We have been called a time-poor culture. We pack so much into our lives, we almost feel consumed most of the time. Which maybe begs the questions, how do Americans spend their time? Well, the Department of Labor actually takes a survey every single year called the American Time Use Survey. I say every year. Last year, they took a pause because of COVID. And the survey is just an indicator of an average day of a 15-year-old and older American. Here are a few of the interesting data that I took from 2019. Americans slept an average of eight hours and 50 minutes a day. 
I need to meet some of those people and find out how you get that. I, I have yet had an eight-hour night. On an average day, 85% of women, 69% of men, spent some time doing household activities such as housework, cooking, lawn care, uh, financial or other household management. On the days that the household activities were done, women spent an average of 2.6 hours while men spent 2.0 hours. Now, compared to years earlier, this is about the same amount of time for the women, but it's an increase for men, so ladies, hang in there. You're working us into the rhythm. Americans gave five hours a day to leisure activities like television, socializing, exercise. The interesting one for me was this. In 2019, the average time spent per day in religious and spiritual activities is 14 minutes. Now, if you and I were to take an audit of how we live every minute of our lives for, say, a week or even a month, what would we learn? No doubt we live in a busy world, but is our busyness simply an unavoidable part of being a, a, a modern American, or is it our choice? I believe each of us has a choice as to how we live and use the time that God gives us. We can choose to make room for the Lord and the ways that he calls us to serve him, just as we can make time for our families and our work and our hobbies. The wise men chose to look for Jesus. And like them, our time is a worthy investment in the discovery and the deepening of our faith in Jesus. Our time is crucial in making Jesus also known to others. As the wise men devoted their time to seeking the Savior, we can too. Deuteronomy 4.29 reminds us, You will seek him and find him when you seek him with all your heart. Let's give the Lord the gift of our time in 2022. But what was a main motivation for the Magi to find Jesus? Scripture says that they came asking, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Verse 2. What was the first thing that the wise men did upon meeting Jesus when they found him in Bethlehem? On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They gave Jesus their adoration, their respect, their reverence, and their devotion. I mean, we most associate the Magi with those gifts that they gave to Jesus of gold and frankincense and myrrh. But before they gave those gifts, they gave him the best that they could in worship. They fell down and worshiped him. In 2022, will we give the Lord our best worship? Worship is praise, it is thanksgiving, it is singing, it is speaking, it is praying. It is being quiet and listening. It is thinking about 
as well as acting on behalf of God. Worship is giving God our minds, attentions, and our hearts, affections. Worship can be offered in this sanctuary. It can be given at home, at work, even in a car rolling down the highway. Have you ever pulled up next to someone and you can see that they're belting out a song and you just wonder what it is that they're singing? Maybe they're singing worship. Maybe they're singing praise. Don't come by my lawn and my home just off of HH during the middle of the, of the summer because I tend to belt it out while I'm, while I'm mowing. It's not pretty, but it is my worship. Worship isn't confined to a single place or time. Back in 1988, you may remember a baseball player by the name of Oral Hershiser. He pitched for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Between mid-August and uh, late September that year, he pitched 59 consecutive innings without giving up a single run. That started toward the end of the season. It went into the playoffs and into the World Series. It's a record that still stands today. During the playoffs, TV cameras zoomed in on him as he was standing there on the mound waiting for the next batter to step up to play, and they caught him. The cameras caught him singing to himself. Well, uh, as you may remember, there used to be a guy by the name of Johnny Carson who used to uh, lead the, uh, the Tonight Show. He had him as a guest. He, he pulled up that tape and they watched it and he said, I'm just curious, what were you singing? He said, by the way, would you just sing that for us right now? Of course, the crowd plotted, yeah, we would like to. And uh, um, Hershiser, who uh, interestingly uh, played his minor league baseball in San Antonio and attended First Baptist Church. I worked with Randy Edwards, who used to serve at church. He said, his wife can sing, Oral can't carry a tune. But in that moment, he stepped up and he sang what he was caught singing on the mound. And we just sang it a little bit earlier. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Hershiser chose to give Jesus the gift of singing the doxology at work. Now we associate the biblical story of the Magi with those tangible gifts that they gave Jesus. What the Magi gave is actually an indication of how they worshipped. Gold was the extravagance of royalty, so the wise men worshipped Jesus as king. Frankincense was an aroma given in worship to God. Incense was like prayer, a sweet fragrance that ascended to God from the priests, so the wise men worshiped Jesus as the great high priest. Myrrh is the odd gift of the three because it was used as an embalming fluid to prepare a body at death. Valuable as it was, the wise men prophetically gave a gift to Jesus that recognized him as the great sacrifice, the price to be paid for the forgiveness of our sins. 
These tangible gifts help us to know how the Magi worshipped. And they worshipped Jesus as king and priest and sacrifice. A natural response, I think, to spending more time with Jesus is giving him our best in worship. As an individual, as a family of faith, let's give the Lord our best in worship. But finally, I mean, what would it take a person to leave the comforts of family and home to go on what was at that time actually a a pretty dangerous journey? Was it just the adventure? Yeah, for some of us. Was it the wealth? Possibly. Was it the acclamation? Maybe. But how many of us would go on such a great journey, a dangerous quest in search of hope? When standing before King Herod, the Magi profess their hope in the one whose birth was proclaimed hundreds of years before it actually happened and the greatness that he would bring to the world. It was a hope proclaimed by the Old Testament prophets. It was a hope that was empowered as the Magi stood courageously before who was known in history as one of the cruelest kings of all time. And they stepped up and they looked him straight in the eye and they boldly asked him, about the birth of a new king? Hope fueled their journey. Now, wouldn't it be interesting to know what was going on in the Magi lives? What questions were they living with? What desperations were pushing them to take the chance that the alignment of the stars in combination with Old Testament prophecy of a newborn king just might be enough to put their hope in such a risky venture. And they had no assurance that their journey would be successful, but they went in search of hope, looking for something deeper, something eternal. Arturo Toscanini was a great orchestra conductor. He was known to be very passionate about his music, and he would dress down a musician if he felt that he or she wasn't playing well enough or hadn't put enough effort into or practice. And one evening he's he's sitting at the podium before an evening concert, and a bassoon player comes up very uh, nervously and said, Maestro, I'm very sorry, but uh, my instrument has suffered an accident, and now it won't play E-flat. I'm afraid I won't be able to play tonight. And upon hearing this, Toscanini just went silent and closed his eyes. And the bassoon player just cowered in fear because he knew what was going to be said. I mean, he had watched it so many times before. And then he went from being just silent to eyes closed to then putting his hand, his head down in his hand, and it just kind of added to the bassoon player's agony. And then in a moment he looked up and Toscanini looked at him and said quietly, don't worry, E-flat does not appear in your music tonight. You see, he had played through the entire concert in his mind. He 
He played that bassoon player's part from beginning to end. And he was able to tell him, you don't play E-flat. Go back to your seat, get ready. We have a concert. Since March of 2020, uh, we've lived a life unlike any other time. The uncertainty still lingers. You may wonder about the future. You might wonder what it holds for you, what it holds for someone you love. Do you ever think about whether you have whatever it may take to, success, to successfully navigate the future, to make right decisions, to conquer the challenge in front of you? God knows our future. And I like the way Max Lucado, who's a Christian author, writes, he says, God not only has read your story, he wrote it. And that's the foundation on which we build our hope. Our lives are filled with bright and dark days. How we live the bright days or the dark days, that's a part of of our journey of faith. Now think about it for a moment. When was probably the most important time of the day for the Magi? They were stargazers, right? So maybe the Magi model something important for us to copy. When darkness comes to our world, what do we see? Do we just see the darkness that surrounds us or can we tilt our heads back a little farther and gaze at the stars the beauty of the heavens God can use even the darkest of times to reveal the stars and most importantly to lead us to hope The story of the Magi ends like this. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. In the physical sense, after encountering Jesus, they could not return the same direction that they had come. But on a deeper level, in the spiritual sense, they changed. They changed so deeply that they wouldn't and they couldn't go back as the same people that they were when they left. And I hope that that is our reflection for another year when we come to this time a year from now. I hope we can look back and see and, and proclaim I'm a different person. My life, my faith is deeper. I have given and I've committed my Lord and to my Lord, and as a result, life is better. What is true then for the Magi still rings true today. A genuine encounter with Jesus changes things, and most importantly, it changes us. So for 2022 and beyond, I think that's a change that's worthy of our time and our worship and our hope. Let's pray.
Our Heavenly Father, as a new year awaits, we bow our hearts and minds before you and ask that you would lead us. For whatever awaits, we will trust you. O Lord, lead us, guide us, strengthen us, sustain us, and love us. May the way we live our lives be a genuine reflection of the grace and the love that we find in your Son, Jesus. And we celebrate his birth, and we ask that you would bless us as we bring him into our lives each day. And we ask these things in his name. Amen.